Hello? Hello. Hello. Uh, just going for some people to get on, and uh, we will get into what's going to be one crazy episode. Hello? Whoever's in here, can you hear me? Just confirm that you can hear me. Well, that was a quick leave. from people to pop in. Hello? Uh, whoever's here, can you confirm that you can hear me? I'm trying out a mic for the first time, so I just want to make sure that I'm heard. Welcome.
Episode 2. Crazy you've gone to episode 2. Hello, welcome. Just waiting for a bit more, probably not going to wait for that much more people, but hoping to get a few more people before I start. Probably wait to, for another few, couple minutes and then start. But uh, we'll be underway soon. Also, something I didn't add to the to the uh, thumbnail. There are some few points that were uh, mentioned outside of episode one that I want to address about the future of the podcast. Uh, nothing bad at all. It's all good. Uh, just a few things I, or one, maybe two things I do want to mention uh, before things get underway. But in the meantime, just hang out, be starting momentarily. Welcome. All right, give it a couple more seconds. All right. Welcome back to ep this week for episode two of the T-Ball with Benny podcast. We've got lots of craziness to go through. College football, 
with one with a huge upset this week. Uh, NFL whack week with big things here and there. Uh, MLB postseason going ways I don't think anybody could have expected. And for the first time since I've started this podcast, NBA, even though it's preseason, there's just a score that really caught my mind and is worth sharing. Welcome, everybody. I'm Yum Dickman. Welcome back. Episode two, episode one went well. Got a lot of good remarks. Thanks to those who uh, remarked back saying that it went well. One thing I do want to address before I get into what we're actually going to talk about. So someone off stream had asked me, are you planning on bringing on guests onto the show? Uh, whether it be sports athlete or it could be some random uh, other sports person that I maybe know. So my answer is yes, but I want to get more of a crowd into these episodes before I start bringing on guests. And my idea kind of with having guests is, excuse me, based on an idea that another YouTuber that I watch that who's does all football, his content. Now this wouldn't just be football, but the way he does, but what he basically does is every week, he brings he's he every week he brings on a guest that's a fan of the team that his favorite team is playing and they sit down and they uh and they like talk about the game that is happening that week so for example like and it's usually YouTubers but it could be I'll do outside YouTubers or it could be I'm just going to do YouTubers I don't know but there definitely will be um, there will definitely be guests at some point. I just want to wait till it's more bigger crowd um, before I start diving into getting guests onto the show. Uh, someone just mentioned on the art site that is my uh, great grandmother's yard site today. Uh, thank you to whoever mentioned that. Um, all right, so. Let's get into this. College football week six. Well, let's get off, uh, get out of the way. The one thing that let's get out of the way, the like the one blowout that I want to talk about, and that being Ohio State, because I always mention Ohio State. They pretty much just dominated Maryland. Tonga Vailoa's younger brother, Tua's younger brother, had a rough game. Ohio State was. Playing well. Um, ugh, what's uh, Stroud had a great game. Everything clicked, and they won 66-17. Now let's get into the actual fun of the week. And I'm going to start with another Big Ten game that has big impact, especially for Ohio State. It's going to be in the Big Ten championship game. And that is Penn State and Iowa, which are the number two – Going in were the number two and number three teams in the country. Now, I think Iowa's two and, like, Penn State's a bit further down. But this was a big headline this week with both teams being top in the power rankings. Uh, obviously not the biggest because college football playoff rankings don't come out till I think, like, November. 
And it was a back and forth game, punch for punch. And in the end, Iowa barely squeaked out an upset of Penn State, 23 to 20. Uh, and I think this is a bit, Iowa's going to be a big team to focus on for Ohio State, especially if Ohio State meets the Big Ten championship game, because that could very much, that right now is who, whoever comes out of the Ohio State division, hopefully Ohio State, or it could be someone else, could be Michigan, could be Michigan State. But whoever comes out of that division will face Iowa. Now, to explain how the Big Ten championship game works in a lot of conference championships is Big Ten is split into two divisions, the East and the West. Just one second. So... Ohio State's division, which is the East, is them, Indiana, Penn State, Maryland, Rutgers, Michigan, and Michigan State. Which right now, Ohio State's not even on top of their division because, well, two teams above them are undefeated right now, being that being Michigan and Michigan State. So right now the standings in their division is Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State, Maryland, Indiana, Rutgers. So then the West Division is Iowa, which came out with the upset. Penn State, by the way, is ranked seven now after the loss. Iowa is two. Minnesota, Purdue, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Illinois, and Northwestern. And so how it works is after the 13-14 game season, which includes a bye week, the best teams from the top division from both divisions meet in a neutral location, which for the Big Ten is always Indiana. Usually each conference will have a set location for their championship game. Not every conference has two divisions, so it could be just the two best teams from the conference go head to head. And they play for the Big Ten and they play for their conference championship. And whoever wins that game will get a better bowl matchup or can make the college football playoffs in certain circumstances. And this is a conference that there's a good chance whoever wins will end up in the college football playoffs. But then again, could be that changes depending on how the rest of the season goes, being that there's still a lot of good amount of time left that anything can happen between now and then. Also this week was a big rivalry game between Oklahoma and Texas, a.k.a. the Red River Showdown, which actually happens in a what they call neutral. I guess you could more say it's Texas heavy, but then again, it's kind of split of the fans there at the games. Uh, they play in Con Bowl in Dallas. It was Texas early on, just dominating, and then all of a sudden, Oklahoma pulled off a comeback uh, and barely eked out a win, fifty-five forty-eight. Um. And if you're thinking the score is high, I could tell you from knowing what following college football for the last couple of years, that conference, which both Oklahoma and Texas are in the Big 12, are known for offense and not known for defense. So that is a division you can expect high scoring games when teams play interconference games. And then the last game I want to talk about with college football, which is the biggest game <laughs> to talk about this week is Alabama versus Texas A&M. This game was bananas. 
Texas A&M was hammering Alabama early, and it looked like right out it's going to be an upset. A&M has it. All of a sudden, Bama started coming back, and it's like, okay, now this game's up for grabs. Texas A&M ends up squeaking out a last-second field goal to upset Alabama. Uh, I think it was like 41-38. Let me just confirm the score. Um, one second here. 41-38, which is big, and that's going to have a lot of impact on standings, especially with another team in their conference who's literally up and up, neck and neck with them for in the uh, rankings. Uh, they're not in the same division, so it would be a champ. Could be, probably will be the conference championship game, uh, barring anything crazy. And then again, Kentucky's also doing well, so we'll see what happens. Uh, that's it for college football. But crazy week in college football. There are a few other things, but I really with college football because a lot of people um, that watch this podcast don't follow college football that much. So I try to limit it to a few games that are like more of the bigger, more to notice, more to want to know about games. Um, also with college football, I'm it's more of like a teaching people kind of thing. So if you have any questions that you want me to answer about college football, I can try to answer as best as I can. I'm willing to teach a bit, and that's even with any sport. I'm open to any kind of expanding on it, so... Definitely say anything in chat if you, need, if you want uh, extra explanation. Now we get into the NFL Week 5, and boy, what a week this was. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact, if every game was on Sunday, I don't know where you would start. But not every game was Sunday. Uh, Thursday Night Football was t- Rams and Seahawks. Which, by the way, actually on predictions from the podcast, I went 11-5. and five which I'm very satisfied with my first uh, week of predictions with podcasts. We'll get into week six predictions after we recap uh, week five. But Rams and Seahawks, it was neck and neck a bit here and there. But, excuse me, Seattle's crushing blow was the fact that Russell Wilson, I think it was injured. I don't know if it was sprained or broken or something with his finger, and he's going to be out for a couple of weeks till week 10 and it's coming on week six, which that's a bad loss for Seattle. And if that doesn't give it away, Seattle did lose this game. Uh, and I'm seeing as I'm looking at NFL, just to confirm the scores, this is apparently their first th- loss on Thursday night football since week seven of 2012 and had won nine straight. Wow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, once Wilson went down, that was pretty much the game. I mean, you're not winning a game with Geno Smith. Sorry, Seahawks. Uh, but, uh, Rams win. Rams won 26-17. Then we get to the London game, which I still don't know why this game was the London game, especially the first London game of the year being in the Jets Falcons. The Falcons really were Dominating early on, even though they did technically have a collision on a punt between two teammates. It was all Falcons early, and the Jets made a bit of a comeback. And I thought, like, are the Falcons about to be the Lulkins again? But they held on to it. They eventually added on, and that was all she wrote is they won 27-20 over the Jets. That was a prediction I got wrong. Uh, 
last week when I was making predictions. Lions Vikings game that was thought to be oh this is probably going to be Vikings beating up the Lions and the Vikings will pull out a victory. Not so fast. The Lions actually gave the Vikings a fight, and they merely won. They had a sixteen. They had a seventeen sixteen lead with a couple with a little bit left, but Minnesota was able to pull off a game winning drive, ending on a fifty four yard field goal from former Cleveland Browns kicker Greg Joseph in order to beat the Lions 19-17. But that's bad, the fact that they almost lost to the Lions. Lions now own five, Vikings now two and three. Next up, Saints and football team. This wasn't really much of a game. It was all Saints. There's not much more to say about that. Saints won 33-22. Next up, we had Patriots and Texans, and this was actually surprisingly a bit of a game. Uh, back and forth relatively, Texans had a bit of a lead. Patriots were fighting their way back. Um, the Texans had like a 22, I think 12 lead at one point. Patriots fought their way back to tie the game and eventually got a uh, go-ahead field goal and stopped them with the clock hitting triple zeros. Patriots barely beating the Texans 25-22. Next up, we have the Dolphins and the Buccaneers. It was all Buccaneers. I mean, Brissett showed up and had a bit of things here and there, but it was all Brady and the Buccaneers uh, dominating 45-17 over the Dolphins. Next up, Packers versus Bengals. And this game was crazy. Like, I still sit back and say, what just happened? When I look at this game, back and forth, uh, both teams being up between, I think it was like three or two minutes left in the fourth and into overtime, there were five missed field goals. Not one, not two, not three, not four. Five missed field goals between the two teams. Five. Uh, eventually, the Packers got a game-winning field goal thanks to Mason Crosby and won 25-22. And the funniest part, actually, is the fact that the uh, the last miss, the Bengals kicker thought he hit it, and that was good, so he was celebrating. But what actually happened was it hit the flag on by the goalpost outside that it was no good. And that's what tricked the Bengals kicker. But anyways, Packers won 25-22. Broncos Steelers, which uh, Teddy Bridgewater actually played this week, didn't really matter because it was all Steelers. <laughs> I mean, the, the Broncos put up a bit of a fight, but it was all Steelers. Uh, Najee Harris having a good game uh, with 120 plus 120 plus rushing yards and touchdown. It was all Steelers, though. Juju's out for I think the year, which definitely hurts the Steelers. Even though they still have Chase Claypool and they have Fryermuth, the rookie out of Penn State, but that's a big injury of all people to go down for them. Uh, but Steelers do pull off the win, twenty-seven to nineteen. Though honestly, right now I'm not caring much about the Steelers because they're still bottom of the division. Eagles Panthers. This was a big game of a surprise. The Eagles were winning. The Panthers were winning early. It looked like they were gonna win this game. And then Philly stormed back. Jalen Hurts leading them to a big turnaround 
They ended up winning the game, also picking off Darnold three times. I don't even know what to say about the Panthers anymore. Um, if anyone has anything to say about them, put it in the chat. But I, uh, I'm, I'm, I just don't know. I think Sam Darnold is just going to turn out to be a classic USC quarterback out of the NFL, which is badly flop as they lost 21-18. Next up, Titans-Jaguars, all Jet Titans and Derrick Henry. Not much to say about this game. Uh, Titans win 37-19. Oh, boy. This game is tough for me to talk about, but I am for the people, and I'm going to have to talk about it. Browns-Chargers. What a game this was. Back and forth. At one point, the Browns had a multiple touchdown lead, but injuries, blowing wide open touchdown, wide open plays for touchdowns to the same receiver twice in the game. Just rough defensive game, but a lot of injuries. Um, they gave a good fight. They kept it close. I'm happy with how they played. It's just a rough loss, except as they lost... 47-42. Bears-Raiders, which this was a big surprise. Um, the fact that the Bears actually beat won this game. Justin Fields had a great game. The Raiders were off their game. Carr was also hurt at a point. They were just not in a great uh, situation, let's just say. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Bears want beat the Raiders 20 to 9. Uh just one second here. Okay, now. I'm just keeping track of MLB playoff baseball, which we'll get to uh after NFL picks. Um because there's game going on right now that Probably some people that might be watching this or watching this later are watching right now. Uh, next up, Cardinals 49ers. The score doesn't tell you the story. It was really Cardinals. Trey Lance didn't look the greatest. Cardinals won 17-10. Not much to say about that. Next up, the Giants and the Cowboys. The Cowboys had this from beginning to end. Trevon Diggs now has, a, has had a pick plus in each... In the first five games for Dallas, good for him. Um, but it was all Cowboys. Giants sadly lost Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Don't know how long they're going to be out for. Big blows. Darius Tony also got into a fight in the end. That could have also been damage to them. Um, but in the end, out Cowboys won 44-20. Sunday night football. My one fear for... Bills Chiefs, my one fear was about the Chiefs defense. They didn't just lose. They fell and never got back up. They fell through the floor and kept falling, free falling. It was all Bills. There were delays in it. It didn't matter much. Bills dominated 38-20. And what is honestly the craziest game of the week, which fit funny to say was last night, Monday Night Football, 
Colts, Ravens. Colts had a 25 to 9 lead at one point. And I thought, okay, I'm getting this pick wrong, and the Ravens are about to lose this game. Um, then all of a sudden, the Ravens came back, forced overtime, and pulled off a game winning touchdown <laughs> and win 31 to 25. All I can say to Indy is, you blew it. And so, yeah, Ravens won 41. Uh, 3125. Standings update before I go into uh, my predictions for week six. The Cardinals are atop the NFC West at 5 0, followed by the Rams, who are 4 1, followed by Seattle 2 and San Francisco tied for third at 2 3. For the NFC North, Packers are atop at 4 1, Bears following at 3 2, followed by the Vikings at 2 3 and followed by the Lions, who are still winless at 0-5. The NFC East, Cowboys are top 4-1. Football team and Eagles tied at 2-3. And Giants in last place at 1-4. Buccaneers at 4-1. Panthers and Saints tied for 3-2. And and then the Falcons at the bottom at 2-3 for the NFC South. For the AFC South, the Titans are up top at 3-2. Texans and Colts tied for the same record at 1-4. And they actually play each other this week, which is a complete toss-up of the game. But I do have a prediction because I do I want to predict for every game and not say one game where I'm not going to throw a prediction because that's just not good to do for a podcast. And then the Jaguars at the bottom still winless at 0-5. Bills on top of the AFC East at 4-1, followed by the Patriots for 2-3. And, and I don't know. <laughs> They're a whole mess in their own in a way. Uh, followed by the Dolphins at one and Jets who are tied at one and four. The AFC West, Chargers up top at four and one, followed by the Raiders and Broncos tied for three and two, and the Chiefs at two and three, which is still crazy to say that they're at the bottom of the division. And last but not least, Ravens up top of the AFC North at four and one. The Browns and Bengals tied for three and two at the second place, and the Steelers at the bottom at two and three. Now let's get into week six NFL picks. And this is going to be an interesting week of picks. So Thursday night football this week, we got the Buccaneers and the Eagles. I'm going to probably roast, mostly run through these picks um, just so I could save time for everything and not take too long with this episode. Uh, I got Buccaneers. I don't – Philly got a good win last week, but they're not being Tampa. I've got Tampa over – Philly. Next up to start the Sunday games, we got Miami at Jacksonville. Even with Jacoby Brissett, it's Jaguars. I'm not, I don't, I doubt they're losing to the Jaguars. I've got Miami. Kansas City at Washington, I've got Kansas City. Rams at Giants, I've got Rams. Colts at Texans, which really is a toss up, but I picked the Colts. Bengals at Lions, which. Excuse me. Could be uh, the Lions' first win, but I do have the Bengals winning that game. Packers at Bears. Sorry, Bears fans, but I have the Packers winning that game. Chargers at at uh, Ravens. I have the Chargers. Uh, Vikings at Panthers. I have the Vikings. The game that I'm not sure what to say, really. Another one. Cardinals at Browns, the undefeated Cardinals and the 3-2 and Cleveland Browns. If you're asking me from a Browns fan perspective, I want them to win. 
As a Browns fan, I'm predicting them to win. But from a non-biased, true football bit fan perspective, I'm not sure they're going to be able to beat the Cardinals. And so it just depends on what view of me you're asking me from. Um, but I have it either way with the Browns and the Cardinals. It's I just don't know. Defense is the big question really right now, and we'll see what happens. Hopefully the defense can bounce back this week, which this would be a good week to bounce back um, against uh, the Cardinals, who are a really good team in top of their division right now. Uh, we'll see what happens, though. Uh, Vegas Raiders and Broncos Raiders, Cowboys and Patriots. I have Dallas, Seattle, Pittsburgh, which this is a toss-up, but I ended up picking Pittsburgh because they at least have some sort of quarterback. And then Monday Night Football, Buffalo at Tennessee. I've got Buffalo. And that is my week six picks. Um, So that's the story there. Uh, Before we go into MLB playoffs, there was an NBA preseason score that even for preseason threw me for a loop. Uh, Bulls were playing the Pelicans uh, last week, last Saturday night. And there was a point in this game where the Bulls were beating, were beating the Pelicans. I'm just trying to find this. I don't want to mess up the what the scoring was. 103 to 59. What? 103 to 59? Even for preseason, that's bad to be only putting up 59 points. It ended up getting a bit better for the Pelicans. Bulls were winning, by the way. But not even that much better. The final score ended up being 121 to 85. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to watch the highlights because it's preseason, but it's just funky. Now we get into the crazy MLB playoffs. Now, my predictions are off to a horrible start. Then again, it's MLB, it's playoffs, and you know anything can happen in October. Uh, Let's get into it. Red Sox, Yankees. The Red Sox absolutely dominated, winning 6-2. Schwarber had another home run off Garrett Cole in the wildcard game. For those that don't know what I'm referring to about the other one, he had one in 2015 as a Cub against the Pirates, which Garrett Cole was on the Pirates. A two-run homer by Kyle Schwarber, which that game was all Schwarber and Dexter Fowler, which led the Cubs to the NLDS, eventually the NLCS. And the infamous Daniel Murphy home run streak against the Cubs in the NLCS, which knocked them out. Um, but Cole was dominating. Rodriguez, uh, Nathan Ovaldi was dominating, and it was just all Red Sox on that night. Red Sox won six to two. The NL wild card game was a game for the ages. Uh, back and forth, the Cardinals had taken the lead on a wild pitch. And I thought, okay, at a certain point, I was like, okay, it looks like they're ready to move on. And then Justin Turner tied the game. In the ninth, they got a base runner with Bellinger. He stole second as Molina couldn't get a throw to second. And the minute it left Chris Taylor's bat, I knew the game was over as he had a game-winning two-run walk-off home run to send the Dodgers to San Francisco. Dodgers won 
three to one. Yeah. I already didn't get off to a good start. Um, then we had the ALDS and NLDS. Day one, game one, the White Sox were put, were ripped apart. Uh, Lance Lynn could not pitch well. I think he gave up most, he gave up most of the five runs. The White Sox got a bit of a comeback going late, but not much. White Sox got whooped 5-1. Nightcap, Rays were all over the Red Sox in game one, including Randy Rosarina hitting a home run and stealing a home plate. Wander Franco really had a good game, and it got off and Rays won to go up one game to none. Astros go up one game to none. Next day, which was game, which was game two, the ALDS and game two, the NL, game one of the NLDS. Uh, the Astros won nine four. White Sox had some leads at some points, but it was all Astros. Once they got the lead, never looked back. Uh, the Brewers Braves was a pitching duel for the ages between Charlie Morton and Corbin Burns. Charlie Morton blinked first by giving up a two run homer to Rowdy Telez. Uh, Burns was taken out of that point already, and then the bullpen gave up a home run to Jock or Jock Peterson, or some people call him Jocktober, because he has done a lot in October, especially in the playoffs, with whether it's the Dodgers or I guess even the Braves, <laughs> especially if they're game three. But in the end, the Brewers won game one, two to one. Then you had the Rays and Red Sox game two. Which early on, which the Red Sox put up two runs to go up two nothing. Rays put up a five run inning, and then the Red Sox tie it and ended up winning fourteen to six. I mean, once they took the lead, they from six six they never looked back. It was all Red Sox, and they won fourteen to six. They dominated game two once they took the lead late and just never looked back. And then the nightcap, San Francisco and L.A. was the playoff series that once we knew was going to happen, everyone was excited for. And game one, relatively, I would say, lived up to the No, not relatively. Lived up to the hype. Logan Webb absolutely dominating the Dodgers in game one. Uh, the Giants winning off a two-run homer by Buster Posey. A solo home run by former Cub Chris Bryant and a solo home run by Brandon Crawford. Giants took game one. Oh, sorry, 4 nothing. NLDS game two the very next day was another pitching duel, but the Brewers blinked uh, on three uh, between – well, actually, it was pitching duel by the Braves. Um, the Brewers already immediately in the first inning gave up, I think, or – Early on, gave up three runs, two off Austin Riley home run, one off an RBI hit. Um, I'm not remembering off the top of my head who had the RBI hit, but because I want to do proper research and actually say what happened properly, I'm going to double-check who it was that had it, who had the RBI hit. Um, because I want to do my proper research for everything and not just like say certain things happen without – Saying who had ha who specifically did the damage? Uh, Freddie Freeman RBI. RBI. Oh no, I sorry. It was Freddie Freeman in the third inning? They struck first. They got RBI single from Freddie Freeman, 
an RBI double from Ozzy Albies, and then Austin Riley added a solo home run late in the sixth to make it 3 nothing. That was all they needed. They won 3 nothing. Um, Freed pitched well. Woodruff didn't pitch so well. And Will Smith got the save for that game. Then you had Dodgers and Giants. And, boy, was this game a whoopee cushion in a way. Uh, the, it was a bit back and forth early, but eventually the Dodgers just pounded out a four-run sixth and a three-run eighth to win 9-2 to and head L.A. with a series tied. Game three in the Boston-Tampa Bay game, this, I would say, is one of the craziest playoff games to happen so far in the playoffs. And I say one of because of the Dodgers game, and there are games I haven't mentioned yet that were crazy yet. So, game three, all out. The Red Sox took an early lead, and it looked like they were sitting up, like, fourth two. And then Wander Franco hit a home run to make it 4-3, which he had a great ALDS in general, and credit to him. Uh, eventually, Tampa tied in on an RBI hit. But in the bottom, in the top of the 13th, I should say, with Yandy Diaz at first, Kevin Kiermaier hit a ball on the gap, hit a ball to the wall. It bounced in front of the wall. It bounced off the wall, down, hit right fielder Hunter Renfro, and bounced over. But no one knew how to rule it because it was kind of tricky, which ended up deducting from the rules as a ground rule double, which meant the runner doesn't score, and that ended up coming back to bite the Rays. Because the next inning, Red Sox got a base runner, and Christian Vasquez became the eighth. Be was the eighth catcher. What he had uh, hit the two-run walk-off home run, which was in the eighth walk-off home, home walk-off home run, I believe, by a catcher in postseason history. Matt Vasquez actually kind of called it, so kudos to him for actually kind of uh, calling the walk-off. They won that game 13 innings, 6-4. What's funny is literally the next night when Luis Patino was put in, <laughs> the Red Sox fans were chanting, who's your daddy, similar to uh, Yankee fans against Pedro Martinez in 2004 uh, because Martinez just couldn't pitch well against the Yankees in 04. Moving on, we had Red Sox, yeah, the Astros and the White Sox. The White Sox had a bit of grabbed a one-run lead, grabbed a – one-run lead, but then the Astros jumped out to a 5-1 lead, and you thought with the Astros up two games to one that that's it. Game over. Not the case. The Reds, the White Sox stormed their way back. The Astros ended up adding a run, but the White Sox stormed their way back and ended up take whooping this, with a bit of controversy also. Though that controversy is just weird, and I don't know how to explain it, really. Uh, but White Sox won 12-6 to stay alive another day. Their game four, which was supposed to be yesterday, got rained out and is currently happening. I'll give an update once we – I'll give an update in a moment. And Actually, you know, let's give an update right now. Uh, right now it's 5-1, bottom four, but the White Sox have a runner on uh, for the Uri Garcia. They're already uh, – the White Sox jumped out. One nothing. The Astros put up, uh, got two runs in the top of the third. 
And then uh, three runs in the fourth. I'm trying to see how the the White Sox added on. Unless this is not up to date for some reason. Oh, I guess it's not five to four. Weird. It's five one with two on, two out for Leroy Garcia, who actually had a three run homer in game three. Um, but that's the current update as of four fourteen on October twelfth. Uh, what actually happened on Monday was a pitching duel between Ian Anderson and Adrian Hauser in the Brewers Braves game three. Back and forth duel. Jock Peterson once again stepped up, hit the three, go ahead, three run homer, and that's all Atlanta needed. Thanks to Will Smith coming in to get the save. And the Braves won three zip. The craziest game, I would say, to this point Red Sox Rays. The Red Sox put up a five run third behind a Rafael Devers three run homer and a back to back RBI hits. Got them up 5-0. It looked like that would be the coffin, nail in the coffin. But Tampa ended up coming back with one in the fifth, two on a two-run homer by Wander Franco. Once again, Wander Franco was stepping up big for Tampa, who was one of their big-time prospects. And then back-to-back RBI extra base hits tied the game. And all of a sudden, Tampa had life. But in the bottom of the ninth, the Red Sox got runners at first and third, a sack fly by Kike Hernandez sent the Red Sox to the ALCS. And all I can say to Tampa is, you blew it. And they now join. Well, I want to save the list exactly as it was. They join a list of four teams to have 100 win seasons in the last five years. And losing the ALTS. 2017 Cleveland Indians. Some people are not going to be happy that I bring that up. The 2018 New York Yankees. The 2019 and the 2019 Minnesota Twins. And then themselves, the 2021 Tampa Bay Rays. Obviously, last year couldn't have had a 100-win season because, well, it only only was 60 games. So you can't have 100 wins in a 60-game season. Um but Red Sox are moving on to the ALCS, first team to move on to this point. And then in the nightcap, the Giants and Dodgers game was a pitching duel between Alex Wood and Max Scherzer. Evan Longoria hit a solo home run for the Giants to give them a 1-0 lead. And they never looked back, beating the Giants, Dodgers 1-0 at LA, up two games to one, looking to close out the series tonight. And then to pre- right now it's 5-1 Astros through 4 uh, just to give an update on that fully. Uh, tonight, the Braves look to end the series at home. They have Charlie Morton, who's starting game one, going for them. Eric Lauer pitching for the Brewers. And then and that's at 5.15 Eastern on TBS. And also on TBS, the White Sox game is on FS1. At 9.07 p.m., you have the Dodgers and the Giants. As the Giants look to end the series in L.A. and not have to go back home for game five. Uh, it's Jace Clefani for the Giants and Walker Bueller who pit, who pitched game one for the Dodgers. And that is this week's episode of the podcast. Once again, if you missed early on, I do hope to have guests at some point. I just want to wait for a bigger crowd. 
What a week this was. We ended up being an extra longer stream. And then again, I also started a bit more into it just to give time for people to come on. Thank you all for coming who was able to come on. Next week, we're going to have NFL Week 6 to talk about. College Football Week 7. More MLB playoffs. And NFL Week 7 predictions, along with potentially other stuff that could happen during uh, sports between now and then. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for watching. If you're new to this, subscribe down below to the channel. And I will see you in Episode 3 back here most likely next week. Same time. See you then. And also, by the way, if you missed, this was the first episode with the mic. Thanks to Yoni Ohio for the idea.